What's going on, everybody? Brennan Schaefer back with you for another episode of B. Schaefer Daily. Talking Cardinals baseball as St. Louis is now one game away, one win away from a trip to the National League Division Series as they defeated the Padres, the heavily favored Padres, on Wednesday by a score of 7-4. Cardinals got it done, folks. You love to see the kind of offense they came out with out of the gate in that game, scoring four runs in the first inning against San Diego Padres starter Chris Paddock. And look, did the Cardinals benefit in this series from the fact that, and and it's not over yet, but did they benefit from the fact that Mike Clevenger and Denelson Lament were not available for the Padres? Absolutely. San Diego acquired Clevenger as their big prize at the trade deadline August 31st for this kind of environment, for this moment, to be able to pitch in the postseason as their game one starter, almost certainly. Denelson Lamette, the season he had this year, would have been worthy of a game one starter designation for most teams. ERA of like 2.08, right around two was his earned run average for the season. The last weekend of the year, both of those guys go down with injuries. San Diego tried their darndest to be able to get either of them or both of them into the wildcard series roster. Denelson Lamette threw long toss the day before the first game, and Clevenger threw a bullpen session trying to see if, if they could go, and neither of them were able to be added. And so for the Cardinals, the benefit is that instead of facing their one or their two, you face you know their three, essentially, in game one. And now today you'll get in game four, you'll face their their fourth favorite starting pitcher. Zach Davies has had a really good year, ERA below three, but he's not Lamette and he's not Mike Clevenger. He's not what the Padres had in mind. And so Cardinals benefit from that, but it's not a situation where on paper you benefit and then you still go out and you lose. The Cardinals beat Chris Paddock up yesterday. First inning, they came out swinging, and they said after the game it wasn't necessarily a – an intentional strategy, anything about Paddock that they knew, you know, strike thrower, so we're going to make sure to be on him. He just happened to throw strikes, and they happened to swing at them and make magic happen. That's really what it boiled down to in that game. Paddock left it by the third inning, two and a third that he threw, allowed eight hits to the Cardinals and six earned runs in the first three innings. Didn't get out of the third, and the Cardinals' bats made him pay. It was Paul Goldsmith with the huge home run to kind of start things off. He was first pitch swinging. Not a thing Paul Goldsmith does a whole heck of a lot. He's a guy who had a really high on-base percentage this year because he took pitches. He took his walks when they when they were given to him, and he didn't try to force anything. Well, yesterday, it was the only hit that he had in the game, but it was a big one because it got the Cardinals started off on the right foot. Huge day for Dylan Carlson. He goes two for three, scores a couple of runs, had a walk as well. Two walks, in fact, so he reached base four times. Just a phenomenal day for Dylan out of the cleanup hole. I don't expect that to change anytime soon. The Cardinals all season long seemed like they were looking for a guy that could protect Goldsmith, could bat in that cleanup spot and, and do damage. And in a season where Goldsmith had a wonderful year, but as far as his slugging percentage, it was actually toward a career low for him. OPS was right back where, you, where you'd want it to be, but it was buoyed by a much higher on-base percentage than he typically has. And so, great season for Goldsmith, but teams were able to kind of pitch around him. They were able to, you know, say he's the one guy that you can't let beat you in this lineup. And being the good world-class hitter that he is, he 
he didn't try to do too much throughout this season and had a nice year. Didn't try to put too much pressure on himself to provide the damage. Trusted the rest of the lineup to be able to do that behind him. He took his walks when he was supposed to. A lot of times that didn't happen. Brad Miller was hot for a while, but like the Cardinals, he was on again, off again. He was not consistent. And the Cardinals never really had that consistency out of the cleanup spot. Dylan gets put into that spot in the last game of the season. Does a nice job. Had, had a good finish to the year, obviously. And then the question was, would Mike Schilt put him right back in that role in the postseason? And he did. And Dylan flourished. Offensively, defensively, had a great game. Yadier Molina, three hits. Ho-hum. Scored two runs. Does what he does. And Yadier Molina, I mean, you could you could make the argument that a lot of guys within this Cardinals roster had their fingerprints all over that game yesterday. Molina was one of them. Dylan Carlson, absolutely one of them. Paul DeYoung had a great game as well. He goes two for two and walks twice, makes play after play defensively, had one, you know, just, it's just a sturdy plays that he makes, the stuff that doesn't often, you know, you don't really give it a second thought, but in the moment you're thinking, that's not routine, that's not routine, but he makes them. Tommy Edmond defensively had a great game. The ball where he bare, and I know he had one barehanded charge later in the game that he didn't quite make the play. Cardinals bullpen was so good, didn't end up costing them anything. But he had a, a barehanded charge where he threw to Paul Goldschmidt. Throw was low, but it had to be because he just had to get rid of it. And Goldschmidt made maybe the best pick I've ever seen him make on a ground ball where the runner was bearing down on him at first base. And so he just, it had to be an uncomfortable spot to be in because you've got to focus on the ball, focus on not getting trucked by the runner because you could see a scenario where you get trucked by the runner if you're at all on the baseline and then you leave it up to an umpire to decide whether there's some sort of interference or whatever. You know, the, the play doesn't get made and you, then you risk injury. So if you're Goldsmith, you're thinking about all those things at that moment and he just makes the play because that's what he does. So really great job defensively there. How about the fundamentals, though, too? The first instance of fundamentals I saw from the Cardinals came in that first inning on the Matt Carpenter sack fly. Carpenter kind of lost one to the opposite field, you know, hitting the ball where it's pitched, kind of down the line, nice sliding catch by the outfielder. But with Yadier Molina on third, you, I immediately thought, oh, boy, is he going to be stuck halfway and not score this run? Because this is, you know, every run's going to count against this Padres team that can go off in any given notice. And then the announcer says, Yadier Molina rumbles home like it's nothing because he's tagging up, which is the only place he was supposed to be. But like you, as you're watching it unfold, you're thinking, you know, what could go wrong here? Knowing that Yadi's on third base, it could just be one of those deals where, you know, the guy doesn't get the right jump, doesn't make the right, the right read on the fly ball. But, but Yadier Molina was, he was as locked in as I've seen him yesterday, had a great sliding catch that he had to make near the batter's circle where you could be having who knows what kind of equipment lying around could get slippery if you're actually on the the little circle that they put out there sometimes. And so he's kind of in that area, makes a great sliding catch, and then turns and fires to second base to keep Tatis on first. That was another big fundamental play. That was an athletic play, but it was also fundamental as well. Speaking of which, the play where, and I thought we might have some fireworks because we had Tommy Pham on third base. Dexter Fowler catches the ball in right field, takes a chance to try to throw him out at the plate, but Dexter didn't didn't airmail this thing to try to to get his buddy Fam. He made the play that you need to make. He he hit the cutoff man, 
Yadier Molina's there calling out the play. He sees it develop where Cronenworth gets too far off of the base, off a of second. He's trying to get to third, and then he gets kind of caught in no man's land. Yadi sees it. Goldsmith sees it. Goldie cuts it, throws to third, and then Edmund chases him back to the bag. Makes the out. Just the fundamentals for the Cardinals were exceptional yesterday. At every turn, at every possible moment where you could say a, a, a sturdy fundamental play needs to be made here to get this done, they did it. You know, it's not that these were all exceptional plays that, you know, they went above and beyond, but they did what they were supposed to do at every turn. And that's not something we've said about past Cardinals teams some years. I'm not talking about last year when they make the jump from worst to first as far as errors at the end of the Mike Matheny era and then make, committing the fewest amount of fielding errors the next year. But it's just like a fundamental thing that over the years, I think Cardinals fans kind of saw go away a little bit, makes a resurgence last year, but then at even times this year, Cardinals want to pride themselves upon those fundamentals and they were kind of hit and miss. Some games you just saw some sloppy defense by and large. I said at the beginning of the year, the best defensive team in baseball. Yesterday, you saw why that that comment was made by me numerous times on the podcast because they were they were excellent. Uh, you could make the one qualm about Harrison Bader, the ball that he. I don't know if he didn't quite see that ball or what happened. It's a ball that he needs to catch early in that game, but otherwise, and I mean, he made the play to end the game up against the wall. Dylan Carlson sliding catch in left field. Dexter Fowler had a huge catch early in that game, going back on the ball that ended an inning. Just, I mean, you could look at every spot in the diamond and you found really good defensive plays being made by someone. Really impressive defensive job by the Cardinals yesterday. And it kind of had to be that way because Kwon Young Kim, you go with him as a starting pitcher. I said here I had no problem with it. Obviously not the day that he wanted to have Three and two-thirds, three runs, two walks, five hits. Only struck out two, but that's kind of his game. I did say, if you remember, if you listened to a previous episode where I mentioned, I think the ballpark could come into play here. Kwon Young Kim, it seems like, has given up a lot of fly balls to the warning track this year. But for whatever reason, teams aren't quite able to square him up all the way. Well, that would seem to really come into play at Petco Park, which plays really big. It's a big outfield, and it's a pitcher's park. And it absolutely came into play. Several balls off the bat, I thought, uh-oh, that's trouble. And it ends up getting caught at the track. Even the ball that, that Bader didn't catch that was about four inches, five inches from being a home run, since Bader didn't get a glove on it, that ball's gone in other parks as well, you'd have to think. So while KK, you know, it kind of fit his style of game, the way he pitched, was able to get some flyouts when he needed them, Several sacrifice flies, though, because he got himself into trouble. A lot of times those are turning into runs because you gave up base hits earlier in the game. And so he allowed a lot of contact. That's kind of the way he does. Cardinals were able to get away with it. You know, it could have been worse, though, because you did have some of the, you know, the Bader ball in particular, I believe, led to a run that shouldn't have been if it's just caught. And so Kim could have pitched better. The result could have been better. The result could have been worse. It could have gone any direction. What ends up happening, I think Schilt does the right thing, taking him out when he does in the fourth. I said coming into that fourth inning, you had to have somebody warming up just in case. Uh, you don't burn Gomber or Ponce de Leon, though. They, go, they had the lead, and so there was no long relief to be had. They said, we're going to just use our bullets today and make sure we get this win. And they did it. Ryan Helsley, inning in a third, scoreless. Hennessy's Cabrera uh, wasn't charged with an earned run, I don't believe. 
looking at the box score, no earned run was charged to him. Uh, but you did have to have Giovanni Gallegos in the sixth inning come and and kind of save the day in that spot where he strikes out Fernando Tatis. Another big out by Alex Reyes later in that game to get Tatis. And Reyes faces four hitters, gets the four-out save. Cardinals win it 7-3. to three. All around really good performances. Like I said, you maybe would have liked to have seen a little better out of the starting pitching. But for people that were saying, and this was definitely a debate where people were like, you know, starting KK was the wrong choice. If you're just looking at ERA and not the underlying metrics, it's a bad decision when you've got Jack Flaherty there. Potentially, you know, you could have him go. You could have him go in game two if you bumped Wainwright to game one. It would be a shame to have a series go by without Flaherty getting to pitch. And now that's not going to be the case because the Cardinals won game one. I guess it could be the case, but if it is, it's only because the Cardinals won it in two, which is what I said. They're either going to sweep this series or they're going to lose this series. So they won game one. And I know that's like a a nice, convenient cop-out. It's not really a prediction. I did tweet eventually, I might as well say they're going to win this series, and they did win game one. But at this point, it worked. That's all I got to say. KK pitching in game one worked because you got the win You've still got Wainwright. You've still got Flaherty to go. You have to be feeling really good if you're a Cardinals fan right now. You know, does it does it mean that I'm necessarily going to throw KK as my game one starter in the NLDS? Not necessarily. Cardinals should have some days off to be able to to work with and have everybody fully rested before that gets started. But you know, I, for me, I would I would say there's there's no even issue in retrospect. I had no issue going into it, none in retrospect with the KK decision. San Diego worse against lefties. They got some contact against him. They scored some runs, but it wasn't like, you know, he had no innings where he gave up crooked numbers, was able to get through some things, and because the offense backed you up, it's okay. Now, would we be telling the same story about that outing if the Cardinals were down 3-1 to one when he left the game? Maybe not, but... They took a gamble, you know, in their eyes, maybe it wasn't a gamble. They really might have thought KK the obvious best choice. And I don't think that you can automatically say Jack Flaherty would have would have lit it up either. He's not been himself lately. I don't count one game against the Pirates to say he's fixed when he's had two against the Brewers that weren't so good. KK has been good. I think there's an advantage to throwing him against a team that's never seen him before. The Cardinals gave it a shot. Didn't work out as far as him getting deep into that game. Yeah, you had to burn a lot of your grade A relievers in that game, but you got the win, and that's what counts. So now you look at it going into game two, Wainwright. The expectation, relievers, who cares? Wainwright could get you seven, and if he doesn't, if he has issues, this is when you go to a long reliever or two in Ponce de Leon and Gomber. You could throw both those guys if you had to. All hands on deck to get this game won. You've got, you know, win the game. You don't want to go to a game three after you've already got the opponent on their heels because they're down. They're they're facing elimination this afternoon, this evening at 6 p.m. So I I think the Cardinals are in a great in a great spot, and I I mean you talk about could they use guys multiple days in a row? I would say Helsley probably not. I would say Gallegos. I mean he threw an inning in a third, had two strikeouts, a walk, so he threw a few pitches in that game. I think you could get Andrew Miller for a batter or two if you needed to. Alex Reyes, that might be pushing it because he did throw to four batters, but he looked really good. Didn't you know, free and easy, didn't have any issues at all, didn't allow a base runner. So, 
you know, that's going to be interesting to see how Mike Schilt handles the back end of the bullpen tonight if it comes to it. But I'm also comfortable saying Ponce de Leon has been one of their better pitchers the last couple few weeks. Austin Gomber, the same. And so I don't really care what the role is. If it's one inning or two for those guys, I'm comfortable bringing them into this game if it's close, if I need to. We'll wait and see what Mike Schilt ends up doing. But as long as the offense is able to replicate to some extent what they did yesterday, I think the Cardinals are going to be in good shape in a game two. It was really interesting to hear this from Paul DeYoung after the game, talking about Paul Goldschmidt being more animated than they've seen him, you know, maybe ever in this postseason environment. And it was asked of DeYoung, what, well, what is it about Paul Goldschmidt today? What was he, you know, what is that level of competitiveness? How, how does that show through? He said it's in his eyes. You can just see the look and the intensity that he gets in his eyes. But in the handshake line, after winning the game, he says, Paul Goldschmidt was already talking about, let's bury these guys tomorrow. We're going to do it. We're going to come at him in the first inning again, and we're going to bury him. And so I, I don't know if Paul Goldschmidt necessarily wants all that to be spread publicly because he's more of a, you know, reserved guy who within the context of his team had 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 some emotion going yesterday which I think fans probably love to hear just knowing Goldschmidt probably would maybe been his preference to to not have that be a public thing but it doesn't really matter it's it's just it's a good insight into the way the Cardinals are viewing this right now playing with house money a team that a lot of people you know thought were toast when this COVID thing happened because of all the doubleheaders we knew they would have to play. When that schedule was released of what the Cardinals would have to go through, a lot of people said, you know, okay, I just don't see it. Myself, I said, look, everybody makes the playoffs. I don't think this is an excuse for the Cardinals not to do it. And they found a way in, making it as the five seed. But I think there there certainly would not have been a massive surprise if COVID would have tanked their season. Cardinals didn't let it happen. So at this point, I think after spending weeks and weeks and weeks just trying to get to the end and and hopefully squeak into the playoffs, they get into the situation in, in the wild card series against San Diego and they win game one by by performing well in all facets of the game. And now it's like it's almost like a, a switch has flipped where it's we're not merely trying to survive anymore. Let's go get this thing. Cardinals are a game away from being able to do that, of advancing to the next round. And so big game tonight. I mean, it's... You don't want to you don't want to let this thing go to game 3 obviously. I think it benefits any team that wins in game 2 where where they were facing their backs against the wall and their opponent who was on top was not able to shut them out. I think in every case that's going to benefit the team that that had to scratch and claw their way back. I think it's just human nature. And so Cardinals got to keep the pedal down in this one. I think they've got the right pitcher on the mound to do it. It'll be Yadier Molina's 100th postseason game of his career. He'll be catching Adam Wainwright. It's picture perfect. The Cardinals just have to go find a way to get it done. We're going to talk about it regardless of what happens after game two. Get a feel for where this series is or a feel for whether it's over as the Cardinals have a chance to eliminate the Padres on Thursday in game two of this wild card series. Make sure to subscribe to the show. Be safe daily. You can find us at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Anywhere else you're looking for podcasts, you'll find us there. Going to kind of wrap things up for the day with that, but I am going to, before I get out of here, do a little uh, fantasy football nugget because got a message, a voice message from Will asking about some running backs that he could go with for this week. And so if you're not a fantasy football fan, 
no problem if you tune out here. But definitely a weird situation going on, and Cardinals can relate to this, with the Titans and the Steelers now not playing their game this week because of COVID positive tests within the Titans team. Uh, I think they're up to four or five now among the players. And so initially, I guess it was Wednesday that came out that their game was going to be postponed from Sunday and they'll play it Monday or Tuesday. I'm like, no, they won't. We saw this. We saw what happened with the Cardinals. They're not going to play this week. Don't get suckered into it. And of course, Thursday morning, yeah, the game's not being played this week. Yeah, no duh. We knew that already. But anyway, I guess people who were not involved in the you know baseball situation, Cardinals or Marlins, maybe didn't have any idea. But going to play this message from Will, talk a little bit of fantasy football before we get out of here. Hey, Brendan. Need some fantasy football help. I need a running back this week. I'm wondering if I should drop Cam Akers or DeAndre Swift, maybe A.J. Green. Um, I also have Mostert and Jarek McKinnon, but I think I want to hold on definitely to Mostert, but I think McKinnon too. Um, Running back options available are Carlos Hyde, James White, Adrian Peterson, Devontae Freeman, and Rex Burkhead. I'm leaning James White. I'm hoping that he plays this week. I mean, I don't know. What do you think? Can use could really use your advice. Thanks. All right, so here's what I got to say to Will. Running back situation obviously sounds kind of bleak. I wouldn't drop Cam Akers though. I wouldn't drop DeAndre Swift. I I'd be maybe more inclined to drop AJ Green as as kind of crazy as that sounds or maybe try to trade him for a running back if he's an extra wide receiver that you don't need on an every week basis. Uh, because while the guys that 